Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everyone. We are back with more podcasting madness and fun with car debates and fun with cars and generally uh, some thoughts on our brains, which we've got to run past you, yep. which is going to be fun. Yep. Um, we've got uh, car debates, a couple car debates that I have personally chosen here. And we do it in generally because uh, they they offer so many so many different kinds of answers. We've got a different budget range, different car ranges, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. I, I selected these because it stretches us, and it's, I don't want to say the usual suspects of the WRXs and the Golf GTIs and all that stuff, but these podcasts, uh, th these car debates are going to stretch us, I feel like, a little bit, and I've got yeah, some ideas that. here, and but otherwise, I, I think... Uh, I think the ideas will spill out as we're talking. Honestly, I, I think that's the way it's going to go. Well, I'm always I'm always surprised by that. I mean, generally there's something that we're in the middle of talking and I go, I forgot that car. I mean, that almost always happens. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm sure that'll happen again tonight. I'm hoping so because uh, we've got Michael. He's in Northern California, and he is asking for an infant-friendly car that is fun below eight tenths driving. So eight tenths, you know, that's mm -hmm. usually what you and I do on camera unless we're on track, but. You know, we're yeah. pushing cars hard, but he he's wanting to know, what about I've got my infant daughter in the car yeah. with me, yeah. and I've got to keep everything, you know, kind of in check here. So I I think that's a very fa fascinating question. Um, yep, yep, yep. So hopefully some good ideas out of that. And we've also got Mason for car debate number two asking about something that we've never really talked about much, and that's low insurance rates or just insurance mm -hmm. rates in general mm -hmm. equating to your car, equating to your fun car. I think this is a different – I think it's going to stretch us. If you're under the age of 25, and especially if you're a 25-year-old male, you're under the age of 25 – Insurance is as big a consideration on your next par car purchase as what yeah. do I want to get because they're yeah. going to gouge you on insurance. And so Mason's looking at a situation and going, um, hmm, guys, all the cars I want, I can't afford the insurance. It's not the car that's it's the problem. The it's the car. insurance. He wants to kind of yeah. get back around to that and talk about his budget. So I am looking forward to talking about that. But, you know, in, in the midst of all of these great emails you guys are sending us, and you're sending us a ton. Oh, and by the way, you're rating the podcast a lot. We've got three oh, yes. or four new ratings just since last week. Thank you for that. Please that's continue great. that. But in the midst of your emails, you're sending out ideas for, hey, talk about this. Hey, what about th this news story? Please keep that coming as well. And then just in the last couple of days, a guy named Nick wrote to us with a fascinating breakdown that kind of touches on something that Paul and I have never discussed with you guys publicly, but talk about a lot, and that is everyday driver-related merchandise. Mm. Now, yeah. we're not going to create a store. We're not going to have shelves of things, and here's your stickers. I mean, honestly, maybe we should. Maybe I'm missing something. But, but <laughs> one of the biggest and one warehouses of the big... and stuff. Exactly. What we really want to be is, is a car-related Amazon, and uh, we're going to bring stuff. No. Uh, so, Good. No, I mean, really. But, Good. But, but that's the thing. I mean, we didn't get into this for merchandising or for, for warehousing, but one of the biggest problems with us with merchandise, which we're somewhat interested in, but one of the biggest problems for us is 
upfront cost of getting hundreds, thousands, whatever made of something. We just don't, we run on such a tight budget anyway, and that budget is dedicated so much to let's make more good content or let's go to Germany and shoot a film that the idea of <laughs> oh, yeah. upfronting merchandise that we may not may not sell or we don't have it in your size or whatever that's really daunting for us. A couple of years ago when we did our uh, our 9/11 film, we actually allowed people to kind of pre-order that and the upper levels of pre-order allowed people to get a shirt. Now we did make shirts for that. We actually had a really cool 50 years of 9/11 t-shirt we made for that and only those of you that got in on that film early even have one. That is a very rare shirt. Yes. yes. All of this to say if you've perused our website at any point, you've probably seen in the corner, we have a Cafe Press link to Cafe Pr uh, Press shirts. I'm going to be really honest right now. Cafe Press's stuff is marginal at best. Yeah. I like our designs, but their, their shirts are too expensive for what you get, and the printing isn't very good. When we did our 50 years of 9-11 shirts, we upfronted the cost because of those of you that got in early, and we got really nice screen-printed shirts. And Paul's a designer from forever. I believe it or not, in the weird jobs I've had in life, I designed T-shirts all the way through college. So we keep coming up with T-shirt ideas and going, yeah, but, but would anybody buy that? And how do we pay for it? So along comes Nick with a weird idea. Nick's idea was custom ink. And custom ink is one of the many places you can put up designs and, and get orders done. But the twist is you can set up kind of a fundraising variation. Now, please don't, don't misunderstand us. We're not wanting to sell, sell shirts to make a ton of money. That's not what we're planning on doing. We would make a little bit of money for our trouble, but the big concern that I have already is just I want to avoid inventory and upfront cost. So Custom Ink does this thing where you can kind of put up a design and go, if you reach this amount of funding level, this number of shirts ordered, then Custom Ink prints it. If not, they don't. Yes, we would get a little bit of money out of it, but mainly we could sell shirts for cheaper than the cafe press option at better quality and not have to keep any inventory. So all of that long-winded, because it's me talking, long-winded version <laughs> is coming back to you guys to ask the question, would you like Everyday Driver t-shirts? And I'm thinking, and you and I haven't even nailed this down, Paul, I'm thinking, let's say we did one a quarter. You we know, haven't like, even really like, thought maybe. about this. I, I, I no, like what no, you're no. saying. And Nick has touched on this subject. You and I were even talking about this on the mid-engines and mountain shoots a year ago when we came up with a few ideas and we said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had yeah. this, this, and yeah. this, and we were describing the t-shirts, and we got excited along with Gavin and Edgar Definitely. on the shoot. And Definitely. we thought, yeah, we yep. wear that. And that's, I think your point, that's where it's coming from. It's t-shirts and merchandise we would want to wear it things I mm -hmm. would buy online mm -hmm. like hey that's a cool t-shirt I'd like to wear it it's unique it's funny it's interesting yeah whatever yeah. and we think oh if only we had time to design these cool shirts and then the idea dies in the car on the way home because we realize yeah we just we can't undertake the shipping efforts and the merchandise mm -hmm. and storage mm -hmm. and all that stuff it is the upfront cost, which, which is the part of it. it. That's a major part of it. But then I think... And the custom ink thing removes that uh, idea. The custom yeah, ink it thing. If, if you get in on that, if you get in on that, you just... If enough people order, then the shirt goes out the door. You and I, Paul, don't have to worry about inventory. We don't have to worry about shipping. We don't have to worry about upfront cost. But yet we can put the design out there and tell you guys here on the podcast and maybe even on Facebook, Twitter, we can talk about it on YouTube maybe, that the shirt exists if you're interested. But I'm going to throw down right now. Okay. I'm going to throw down to, to, to you guys, the audience, because honestly, we keep stopping this idea because we can't spend the money up front right. and because we right. don't know what the interest would be. If 12 of you, and I'm, I do mean a full dozen, not nine, if 12 of you <laughs> will write us on Facebook or email, if we can get at least 12 of you that go, if you guys do shirts, I'm interested. 
I would do the custom ink thing. And look into custom ink, because look, we're just discovering this. Nick, thanks for sending the idea. It's a great idea. It we're is. just discovering it, it ourselves. Is. Get on the custom ink site. They, they're not, they don't owe us anything. Just look on it and see if you think it's even an interesting idea. But if 12 of you write and say, if you guys do shirts, I want shirts, then we'll pursue this. And, I, and honestly, it would be maybe, maybe a shirt a quarter, maybe only a couple a year. Maybe we'll figure out, look, this is literally coming out of our brains as we record this. Maybe we'll set up another Patreon level up above, and if you get, if you get that extra level, you get a shirt every time we do one. I, I don't That's know how it all falls yet. But I, what I'm, I'm literally asking you guys for your interest level because Nick just took the time and be like, guys, I want merchandise. What about doing it this way? And he didn't even realize that it kind of checks the boxes of things that Paul and I have talked about and gone, well, here's the problems that we have. So you, we're, we're gauging your interest and because uh, we'd love to do it, but we don't want to do it unless you guys are really into it because that'll be something that, uh, that we'll really pursue. We really will. Yeah, I also want to know if anybody's had experience with the custom ink shirts, the quality of the merchandise, because like Cafe Press and some other places we've tried, the shirts are, eh, they're just not that great. And you want a nice mm -hmm. quality shirt. I even like um, the, uh, the kind of Nike Reebok tees, the... Um, the synthetic fabric kind of tees. Sure. I, yeah, I like the athletic those. sports stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, those can be cool. Yeah. Past cotton. I like those kind of things. But yeah, we want to hear from you guys. I want to hear about the quality of shirts that you're getting, if anybody's had experience with doing this custom ink thing. And again, it comes down to hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had that? It's less about, it's not about making yeah, yeah, yeah. money for us. It's not about, you know, merchandising and all that stuff. It's more like, hey, I've got this cool idea for a t shirt and I want to wear it. And mm -hmm. That's as far as it goes. We want to share it. <laughs> we want and, to and share I would, it I'd love to. I'd love to repost. I know it's two years out now, but I'd love to repost that 50 years of 9-11 shirt. I'd love to make that available again. I'd love to do the idea that you and I had for Mid-Engines and Mountains. I love the idea, the iconic idea we had for those three cars. Yeah. We yeah. thought of probably at different times upwards of 10 T-shirts and never executed just because, well, the money and time and brain power has always gone back into more content. If we make any money off of this idea at all, it would go back into, you heard it, more content. But, uh, yeah, more content just, this and, is, you know, it's an esprit de corps. I've, I've thought of stuff I'd like to do. I'd like to yeah. still be doing some drawings and, and interesting artwork yeah, for the shirts. Yeah, great stuff. some unique Definitely. stuff. And it just sort of comes down to, oh, yeah, all the time that I have elsewhere to do the <laughs> T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're beating on it, but we're beating on it only because I don't think you and I really have settled on where we want to be. So yeah. we're looking to hear from you guys. Yeah, if a dozen of you say I'm into shirts, then we'll pursue shirts. So there's that. We actually should probably do some car debate since that's why we're here. I, I agree. But as you said at the top of the podcast, you guys are rating everything. And so please continue mm -hmm. to do this. So quickly before we move into the car debates, would you keep rating, keep pushing on that? It's really helping us like crazy. And it's growing mm -hmm. the podcast, and that's what we want as we, we grow and we've got plans for, you know, things we're doing, things we're, we're setting up. We're laying groundwork now to the end of the year and then setting up for yep. 2016. Yep. So keep doing that. It really is helping. It, it's numbers that we can turn around and use as we lay groundwork for, for new things and new ideas and sponsorship and all that kind of stuff. So that's very helpful. So thank you guys for doing that. But uh, Spe speaking of speaking of end of the year, I, I thought I should acknowledge this reality. You realize this is the last week of October, right? Yeah, that means it's that kind of uh, that means that we've got to have a Germany film in about a month. 
<clears throat> what are you saying? <laughs> who 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 is it that's editing that film? Where, what why why where is that film right now? Yeah, okay. I have a lot to do. I just would have thought I'd put that out there. This week we have MX5 versus FRS coming out. The actual brand new indie uh, MX5 is out this week, this Thursday, two days after you hear this podcast, and uh, and that piece is going to be huge against our uh, our long term FRS. That's exciting. And then I am genuinely going underground for a while to do nothing but work on the Germany film. We probably will not have. <laughs> A release on Thanksgiving week. I'm just putting that out there now just because that'll be real, real crunch time for me to get the film locked up yep. and done so that early December we can have it out to you. There are tons of things going on behind the scenes lining that film up. So, uh, yeah, all of that kind of dawned on me at the, the seriousness of it this weekend, and I went, oh, my gosh, what do, what's the date? Oh, oh no, bad news. Folks. But film is coming, so here it comes. He might be found dead under a pile of footage, I mean, quite I may. literally I this may. year. Yes. We, we thought it would be the last two years, first with the 9-11s and then the, the second yeah. film, Mid-Engines and Mountains, but it might be this year that, that he's – yeah, no no pressure. Digital footage. No pressure, but it is coming. Not. Yes, exactly. Because we need you. Exactly. We're, we're not done using you yet. Yeah. We, we still need you here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not completely used up yet. So card, card debate number one is for our friend Michael, who's up in Northern California. And he writes and says he wants an infant-friendly car seat. Uh, I mean, infant-friendly car for the big, you know, let's be honest. He has an infant daughter, which means, we're, as we joked before, the trash can-sized car seats. What's interesting about Mike's story is that he talks about how they, they only have one car right now. Uh-huh. And it happens to be an E90 M3. Now, if you're going to have one car, <laughs> you're kind of threw down, Michael, honestly. And his wife loves driving it. They both love driving it. They have the DCT because she doesn't really want manual. So they have this car that they use when they are a family. They run around places. And, of course, they can hoon it when they want. But they're kind of <laughs> talking about another car. And this is where this gets kind of interesting because... Michael's looking at his life and going, okay, it's going to be me and my daughter going around inside the car and running like little errands. It's going to be like the family errand car, but not the family nice car. So he's going, okay, guys, what do I do? And he's thrown out, he's thrown out this idea. This is a wonderfully detailed email, Michael. Thank you. He's thrown out this idea from lots of angles and gone, guys, what do you think? I love this. Michael is a friend, and he and I have had multiple opportunities to meet and talk in person, and he is definitely truly BMW guy. I mean, as much as I try to steer conversations toward Porsche, he does the very same thing with me, <laughs> steering it back to M Power and BMW and how awesome they are. Yeah. And I agree. And Michael, thank you for that. I had the opportunity to give them some passes to the 7 Series premiere back earlier this year. Uh, he and his wife went, and it was held at a private oh, cool. mansion in Beverly Hills. And so he had the opportunity to do that. Love doing that. So that was a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool to share. And he's total BMW guy. But get this. Did you see what his budget is? He's giving us all these yeah. details about what he needs, what he wants in car number two, because he is a steering feel snob like us and uh, com yeah. coming from an Evo 9, of course he is. And his budget here is 20000 to 60000 And so I, yep. I loved his email, and I, I deliberately chose this because he's got such a wide range and he's got such a, a finely tuned sense of what he's looking for. And a lot of people True. do. A lot True. of people in the debates do. But this just seemed so, it stuck out to me, and I, I really love that, Michael, because he's got, here's what I was thinking, but here's what I'm considering now, and this budget is making he's a, got an un, it's making a he's wide He's got an range. unbelievable list. Yeah. He's got an unbelievable list. And here's the thing. I don't mind walking through some of the list, 
But honestly, the more I read this list, the more I feel like, and it's one he's called out, but the more I feel like there is one answer to his question. I have really? A, I, I'm happy to talk through the list, but I feel like I've got a sniper shot do you that really? solves where he is. I, go. I, I think I do. I go. I think I do. I well, got, I've got I mean, uh, one, two, three, four, five ideas here, but I want to hear your one, uh, your one okay. shot. Well, here. I mean, he, here's, here's the thing. He talks about the, his favorite car that he owned prior to this M3 was this Evo 9. And, of course, I'm an Evo guy. He, he, he likes the Evo 9. He liked that older classic steering feel. Yeah. But he's got this huge wide, wide range. Again, I keep coming back to the fact that he has this M3 with his wife. I mean, he gets into what about a, a new M3 as the other car? What about an ATSV? What about a 1M or an M2? What about an older M3? What about an older M5? My feeling on all of those interesting cars way too close to what you already have. Mm, And ultimately, you're talking about a car that is going to be your, I have my infant daughter in this. Yes. So it's going to get messy. It's going to get kind of torn up. It needs to be a little runabout. But you're a car guy, so you want it to be fun. So I keep coming back to contrasting the M3 against this new car. Huh. All right. I'm faded breath over here. Let's. Okay, it needs to be something, I think. It needs to be something that if it gets dinged or thrown up on or, you know, <laughs> you spilled the sippy cup again, it's a bummer, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, this is this is your baby daughter. You need to have something where that car is no big deal. But then you as the dad driver, you need to feel like you're going to go get the groceries and it's still going to be fun. It's still going to be worthwhile. Huh. Huh. Okay, I have many so thoughts. So that's, but... that's, a, that's, a that's a tough world, and I keep coming back to the M3 is its own thing. Let's get away from that idea. I think the beginning and end of this is the Fiesta ST. Really? Okay. All right. Because uh, he's got that on I mean, his the, list here, as you said. He does. And he's he saying, does. is this too small? Because keep in mind, you know, they're, he's going to jump in the car with his wife, and all three of them are going to maybe go for the Sunday hoon, but, you know... Maybe that but is. He, but he enough. makes the comment. But he makes the comment that the that if they you know like the main family car, the nice family car is the M3. Is the M3 okay? Right. So okay. So if the family's really going to go somewhere together and and be nice, they're going to take the M3 anyway. Now, so so that's already happening. So then, so you've got that car solved. So this is a situation where the three of them might end up, end up in the Fiesta ST, but it's not going to be like a big deal, plan deal. It's going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, honey, I'll run you down there, or what? It's going to be a small thing. It's not going to be a road trip in that car. So most of the time, you've got the huge trash can-sized baby seat behind the the passenger, behind the front passenger, with that front passenger seat probably slid forward. But that's not going to matter because it's just you and your daughter. And then if your wife needs to get in, you can probably click that seat far enough back that she can climb in for the tiny little jaunt you're going to do to wherever. But you've got a hatch. You've got seats you can fold down. You could festoon the car with groceries but the great thing about the fiesta st is that the mid-range of power is where that car is the most fun all the kind of slow speed 30 to 60 miles an hour driving you're going to do in a six in a city the fiesta is fun doing all of that you you can you can blaze away from the light you can turn a corner quickly you can get on the on-ramp you can go bang around in the parking lot of the grocery store and win a and win a um uh, basket comes careening out of nowhere and hits the side of your car. It's a bummer, but it's also just a Fiesta ST. You got me I, thinking. I think here. that solves it. I, I you got me thinking because nowhere on here is there any recipe for buying something lower priced and tuning it how you want. He's got this twenty thousand to sixty thousand mm-hmm. uh, pr- price range here, and I I kind of went down that road, and so I do have a few thoughts here, but. 
I okay. I like where you're going with this because if you are gonna if this is your fun car, Michael, I mean you can count on your infant daughter barfing every time you go around a corner and you're gonna be driving it hot. <laughs> and the Fiesta ST is the kind of car you hose off and hose out when you're done with it. Mm-hmm. So you want yep. a cheap car, which I like that point. And if you want more out of it, you've only spent about twenty grand on the thing, so therefore you could take yep. it to Cobb tuning and say, Please make me poor and make it even hotter and faster and more whatever and then you've still only spent 30 grand or something so yeah i I think that's really interesting i i do i i still come back to the maybe too small but maybe not because michael works from home and Mm -hmm. this is going to be the occasional use car and you're right it's going to be what's the car you're going to fire up and get all strapped into and you just want a quick errand to starbucks i need more exactly one jar of baby food. I need one thing from the store. We need to quickly go on a Honey, trip. Honey, we're out of diapers and wipes. All right, I'm going. I'm I going. That. Here I go. I get that. I, I, that that's, I like that it's the Fiesta ST, but for different reasons. The same reasons, mm-hmm. but they're different because it's it's filling yeah. a need. And yeah, I, I don't I, think I you're going to drive that. that car on random errands and not still find it kind of a laugh. And let's say down the road, you decide, you know what? I should track this car. I should run across this car. Why not? Go beat on it. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep putting this through the filter of it's just Michael and his daughter, so he needs it to be usable in that regard. But I, this is going to sound terrible. But it's kind of a throwaway car. It's going to get beat on by just being the little Aaron's car and the little girl is in it. And it, yeah. it, it can't be a car that you keep too precious, okay? It's got to be a car that can just have life happen to it. So you, got, so you buy a low 20s Fiesta ST, you hoon it. You drive it hard. If you want to track it later, great. If you want to have your daughter get a really, really good ability to just handle G-forces, that car will do that too. So you know, <laughs> Teach I mean, her from when she's I, an I, infant, and by the time exactly, she's 16, exactly. she'll be, she'll like, be great. Whatever. <laughs> hey, yeah, my, my son loves it. We, we went on a drive this weekend, my son and I, and he sat there as I'm hooning around corners, and he's playing what he likes to call playing DJ on my phone, and he's just changing the songs on the oh, iPhone and looking funny. out the window and... I'm hammering. And he's like, whatever, Dad, let's do it. Which, you know, that's been a lifelong of training there, you know. So uh, I, I feel like that's it. The other, other reason I go this route is because Michael's got a twist at the bottom of his email. That is, hey, what about these other large car alternatives for the family? Now, I'm going to say this to you, Michael, one car at a time. But <laughs> that's the other thing about it. If you do the Fiesta and you didn't spend your whole 60000 allowable budget, wait a year or two. And then upgrade that M3 into one of these other hot family cars. I mean, you brought up, hey, what about an AMG wagon? What about a Panamera? What about a CTS-V wagon? I say yes to any of those. But you can actually, down the road, replace the M3 with a, what do I want for the new hot family car? While the Fiesta ST soldiers on as a little runabout, that's still wickedly fun. I like the runabout concept that you're proposing here. And even if you could find a used one, Michael, I mean, slightly used that hasn't truly been ground into dust... You could save yeah. even more money, Why not? and then it's truly a throwaway car. Really, I, I mm-hmm. it is okay. I've got. I mean, look, I realize, I realize that twenty grand. I, I want to hear your list, but I, I my last two. thought is, I realize that twenty grand is not throwaway money. I'm not pretending that it is. That's the full amount of budget I had to buy my FRS. That's real right. money. But when your full budget is sixty grand, okay, spend twenty, and then don't worry worry about it less. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm throwing out three of these ideas. I'm not, I'm not even going to tell anybody okay. what three of these are. Do it. But I am going to tell about two. And at first, I think you're going to you're gonna think I've gone off the reservation. You're going to think I'm way out in okay. where, like, 
on the All right. end of the tether cord floating out in space, and you're going to try to reel me back in. But just hang with me just okay. for a little bit because I selected them for particular reasons, but I don't, I don't know if they're as well-rounded as what you're suggesting here, but maybe. We'll see. Bring it. Bring it. Let's go. This is going to sound weird, <laughs> but I've, I'm on BMW's website, and I'm looking at the 3 Series Gran Turismo. Now, just really hang with me. Really, the styling I, I don't didn't know work that on I the five. Hang with you on this. The styling didn't work yeah. on the five. It didn't. But if you look at the three, and I, I'm selecting this because Michael's a BMW guy. He likes yeah. nice things, and the it's not a wagon, nor is it a sedan. And I'm I'm thinking it's a that nothing. concept is actually working for the three series. Look at the amount of space in the back of this thing. Click on the photo. Look at the amount of space. It's a BMW. It's a smaller car. It's it's a different duty than the the M3. So I'm just. It was a yeah. random choice. I'm yeah. not. I'm not fully convinced. Just, I know it, you hate the GT. I know. I know it, it, it hurts it hurts me to ponder the fact that we are wasting perfectly good <laughs> ear time of someone out there while we while we recommend a G, the GT version of anything in the BMW lineup. That just hurts my soul. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll quickly oh. move on. I'll quickly move on. Okay. And that is the second choice, and this would have to be used. I doubt you could get okay. this car new. I mean, the budget won't stand for it here. But have you considered a Tesla Model S? And the reason mm. is because even though it's a bigger car – you're asking about the amount of space for having this stuff for your infant daughter. I like that the rear hatch <laughs> has so much space in there. There's stuff, there's there's space all over the floor because the car has a flat floor. Obviously, the batteries. How many kids do you want to have, Michael? Because the Tesla Model <laughs> S can handle them. It can. Our video certainly proves that. But I, I come yeah, back yeah. to this car because I think, all right, the kinds of use that, that this car is going to get is just small errands. It's kind of yeah. a hassle to yeah. fire up a car and you're going here for just a quick errand. Whereas, what about an electric car that would get you around town? It's got plenty of space. The parking options would be a lot better, especially where Michael lives in Northern California. I'm wondering about You get the possible, pristine electric parking. You're right. That's a good point. Better parking. I'm wondering about, uh, especially, yeah, you're rolling into Whole, Whole Foods and you just need a bottle of something <laughs> for your daughter. Tesla. Roll into Whole Foods and the skies open and the angels sing because they you do. came in in a Tesla Model S. They oh. totally do. Now, the drawback there is everybody <laughs> else in break. California has a Tesla Model S. I know this. All the electric spaces are already full. They're already full at the Whole and Foods. they're already packed anyway. with, with Model S's. But yeah. it, it's not going to satisfy the, the sharp cornering thing that you've got, the, the no. request that you've got. No. It just isn't. But it will surprise and delight for other reasons, I feel like. It's going to have a lot of room, possibly tax credits. It's going to be the around town car. I don't see you really, yeah. even though the size is, I don't see you guys road tripping with this. You'd take the M3. You'd go track the M3. You'd go possibly, do your yeah. fun yeah, stuff oh, yeah, with the M3. Definitely. The Tesla is, hey, I just need space. I need room for stroller. We need to go on a hike. We need to go here. Plenty of space. It's fully automated. There's, there's, It'd be like having your your daughter ride around the iPhone with you, essentially. I mean, that's what it proved to us. <laughs> Honey, let's take the iPhone to the store. Seriously, well, you no, know what I bet happens? That's coming. You know that's coming anyway. I, I, I like yeah exactly. I, I like I like where you went because it's. I think it would be an interesting alternative. You know, you, we talk about broadening your horizons as a car owner. Yeah. I think it would be good in that regard. But I'll I'll go you one step further. I bet you money. If Michael goes this route in six months, he's driving the M3 and his wife's taking the Tesla every day. 
I bet you money Quite that possibly. Happens. She's got a four-mile commute. And now yeah. that brings me to the i3 because he's BMW guy. And what about a small, yeah. lightweight electric car for just around town stuff that's – although he's requesting you know something fun. It's got to be a sporty car. But you've got the M3, Michael. You already have the M3 but, that does the, so much already. The i3 is small and chuckable. I will give it that. I will give it I'm points back I'm wondering about that. that now. Yeah, yeah. I th- I kind of almost like that better if you're going to go this route. I mean, the, I think the Tesla becomes your wife's car, Michael, if you want to go that route. I think she would like it. I really do. I genuinely think she would like it. I think you'd like it, too. Yeah. But I think you'd miss the dynamics of something like the, the M3. But the i3 would, would – hey, that does the run about thing well. I just thought of Honestly. A, it's a unique car. That's a good thought. Hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Lots well, of options, Michael, Michael. You have much to debate. You have much to debate about yeah. what you think, where you think we've gone. I'm going to stay with my Fiesta ST, even though I see where you went, Paul. I like I like some of your choices there. But, but I like that it's so Fiesta. divergent, yeah. though. It's such a different, yeah. different range, different pro- proclivity. Yep. It just yep. that. Yeah. Seriously, you had to. Okay. All right. All right. See? So we're moving on. Snuck that yeah. in there. All right. Did it. Yeah, you had. Okay, anyway. So let's go on to the second one, which is Mason writing to us and asking questions about insurance. And Mason, I'm sorry. Man, that's really what I honestly have to say to you. I'm sorry. You're in that time of life when insurance is painful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here you are. Here you are at 20 and uh, and looking to buy your first car. You have a budget of, at the most, maybe about twenty grand Canadian. And you're looking around, and you looked at all of the usual suspects. You called them out here. Fiesta ST, Mazda Speed 3, Civic SI, Cooper S, Fiat Abart. And guess what? Unfortunately, no one is surprised. You might be able to get the car, but then you can't afford the insurance because it's as much as your car payment. And so you went, guys, what do I do? I know this. I drove a Honda Accord for years because of this very problem. And and it was an early 90s Honda Accord, and it just was. It, It ran in spite of itself, as you say, but uh, yeah, it just, you know, is what it is. And everybody deals with that. I mean, Hey, insurance is high regardless. It's not like you hit a certain age and suddenly you're in the club. Welcome. You've finally reached well, but it. No, insurance is always high. It, Im- it improves a lot though. I mean, you, you, you break it that can. 25 year old, you, that 25 year old, uh, situation there you pass 25 if you pass 25 and you get married i happen to get married at 25 boy did my insurance go down but uh, you know these these are just random and it's all just algorithms and check boxes but once you break that 25 year old barrier then as a guy it does drop a decent amount it never gets as cheap as it should be but uh, yeah that's yeah so they thought you were we responsible but boy were they wrong yeah yeah exactly <laughs> if you're us it starts creeping back up again for other issues <laughs> exactly. but anyway yeah but he's brought up some interesting alternatives, and, and you've kind of naturally, Mason, headed a good place because what I would say to you, the, the kind of general rule here, find a car you like. You've already listed what the ones where you wish you could have. Then look at the non-hot version because generally, not always, generally, if the chassis is good in a hot form, it's decent in the lower form. So while you won't have the power you want, you may still like the dynamics of the car. That's not, that's not a hard and fast rule, but it's kind of a general way to look. I like that. I'm going to take a quick left turn and just talk quickly, Mason, about the additions to what you're talking about. And they're not related to the car itself, but it's things like uh, um, multi-policy discounts and even like, um, I don't know if, it depends on the insurance company, but sometimes they might give you a discount if you take a a particular driving school, and I don't mean driver's education, but motorcycle riders know this. If you take a motorcycle riding instruction course, they will actually discount your insurance, and it actually includes your license for 
riding a motorcycle at that point. So I'm just mm. I'm thinking out loud. I'm just wondering if you could find ways. Sometimes it's not always feasible or viable to stay on your parents' insurance. So if it is on your own, what about you know multi-car discounts or if it's in a garage or alarm and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Ask your insurance company what kinds of things you can do proactively to get that rate down. That's great. Even That's if good it's, stuff, yeah. Sometimes yeah, yeah. it includes a, uh, a renter's policy or homeowner's insurance mm-hmm. policy with the same company. So they see, oh, well, they're already a customer and they've got a renter's policy with us. Oh, well, that gives you a discount on your car insurance too. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So think about, oh, I like this car, but how can I get my insurance down? Ask your insurance company, what can they do? What kinds of discount policy yeah. discounts do they give to, to whittle that down? It's not going to be yeah, a lot. There, what are the things, what are the things you can show? Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a really that's a great point. What are the things that you can show or you can demonstrate or courses you can take or whatever that may have them go, oh, well, then as a result, I mean, like here in the U.S., a lot of insurance companies will give a discount if you're a AAA member and on yes, and on it goes. Yes, so things exactly like and, that. I, I do like your idea because you can talk to your insurance company candidly and just say, okay, what are my options what, to get discounts? I do like that. You're right. You could find – you, you don't, don't know what you're going to find. I mean I don't think as a result of that you're going to suddenly get yourself in a Mazda Speed 3. Guess what? That's still going to be out <laughs> yeah. of your budget range. Yeah, yeah. But you may surprise yourself with the car. And, and as we've talked about before, sometimes the cars you think will be cheap or expensive are not. Like the Civics generally, even the non-SI versions of the Civics often are expensive to insure for first drivers because a lot of first drivers get into wrecks and a lot of first drivers drive civics so in general those can be expensive yeah you know the uh the wrx's which is probably also out of your range but the wrx is generally wickedly expensive because the the average age of those owners is pretty low as well so dig around you not might might be surprised with the stuff you can find one of the ones you've listed that i like actually is you listed the honda crz and i say if you want a manual transmission car that's got somewhat decent chassis and it's interesting. That's a really good choice. I actually like that recommendation that you brought up quite a bit. That's funny because both my choices were Hondas, and that CRZ definitely makes the list. Mason, I also thought about a Prelude, and the reason why is because mm. my example mm-hmm. here is I owned a Porsche 928 from when I was 27 until the time I was 30, so my late 20s. Yeah. And yeah. that's a hot car. That was an $80,000 car brand new. But it was yeah. 25 years old at the time I owned it. So I thought, all right, the insurance definitely goes down. You get a hotter car or something you know you really like, but it's a lot older. It's 10 to 15 to maybe 20 years old. Interesting. So I think, Interesting. what yeah. about a Honda Prelude, yeah, yeah, yeah. something hot from the early 90s? You don't have to go turbocharge. Yeah. You don't have to go hair on fire or something like that. But those Preludes were still a lot of fun. And then I think, all right, what's the modern-day version of that? Well, it's the CRZ. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And I thought, all right, that's because I went older. So obviously the older car that you go, you know, that'll help your insurance rates. And I thought of that's, one more thing. Yeah, that's huge. I thought of one more thing, and I hate to say this, but move. If you live in a different <laughs> zip code, I'm serious. Ask your insurance company to say, this zip code is right next to this zip code in this, you know, whatever city. And they'll say, oh, well, the zip code you're in just happens to have a higher incident of thefts yeah. and accidents and all this stuff. And if only you lived in the next city over, your car insurance would be cut by a third. And you think. I love when your recommendation to our <laughs> listeners is move. That's one of my all-time favorites, by the way. Yeah, that, yeah we're, we're here I to mean, save you money. Help get, you. Get, a, really get, a, get a car you like, but you may have to change locations. <laughs> Yeah, now you anyway, can get into that helpful. Porsche Mason, well, but, but you'll but just you have know what you brought move. up. Sorry, you made me think of something though about well, your your Honda Prelude idea gave me an idea, and that is, and this okay. is older still, but an old '90s 300ZX, the Z32. 
Yeah. Not the turbo, not the turbo, get the base one. So we're talking about 220 horsepower in a car that is 20 plus years old now. So look, the turbo, you're not going to be able to afford. The insurance is going to be high. But the non-turbo, and I don't know for sure, Mason, you're going to have to ask, but it may be okay, you know, and you could get yourself a, a still a classy-looking rear-wheel drive stick shift car that would be an interesting car to own as a first car. You might like that now. That is older, I will acknowledge. But yeah, I mean, you kind of get into a Pandora's box when you start chasing older stuff. But I do think those, and, and the non-turbos are actually more reliable as well. So I do think that's a worthwhile car mm, to consider. That's a great suggestion. But, I like that. Well, it's once you go older, I mean, you do open up worthwhile things because at some point the car is it's just it's not going to cost you that much to get into. And then the insurance company, it's going to be such a, a low-cost write-off that it's not going to matter anymore. I mean, you do have that tipping point, and you can find where that is. Sure. But um, one of the th two of the random things he mentions here that we should bring up is, yes, this is Canada. He is going to drive it year-round, which does include snow. And so he said, I want, to, I want to get a car that I can actually learn from that is an interesting driver's car. And so he brought up the obvious candidate there, and that is, hey, guys, what about Miata? The answer to everything, apparently. Well, most things. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, we have all four I generations. We that. put those on camera recently, and we're going to have all four generations come out. And ironically, it's going yes, to come out in January, which is perfect uh, convertible weather. So maybe that one's for you, Mason. But honestly, I have to say, I was going to say Miata to you, because typically the insurance is less than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And I do think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat on the drum again, winter tires on that Miata you'd be fine. Now, you're not going to be able to do snow drifts. It's not a WRX. You're not going to go bounding your way through monster snow drifts. You're gonna, the biggest issue you're going to have is a clearance problem. I'm about to either prove or deny this in the FRS here shortly in Utah. But, <laughs> but, but honestly, dig around a little bit. It won't even take much of a Google search, and you will find tons of guys that drive their Miatas year-round. The car is well-balanced. It's chuckable. You can put winter tires on it, and I guarantee you, you'll be doing as well as most people if you drive it carefully and intelligently, you won't have a problem. Your biggest issue would just be getting stuck. And yeah. I'm talking getting stuck because of clearance, not because of anything else. Those winter tires are going to be the key thing to making that Miata a year-round car. And I actually think for your budget, you could get the NC, the prior generation, with the power hardtop, which is going to make that a genuine winter car. I think that'd be just fine, actually. I mean, if you're truly worried about it, you could even go studs, depending on the area you live in. Or you could do that pickup truck trick where you put some weight in the bed, you know, just a couple of sandbags or well, something if you're really you bring worried that up. about it. But you bring that up, I think that's exactly something he should do. Because he also you said, know, what else you would could. you recommend for winter? And I think this, this is a, a trick that I will probably enact. You buy a couple of the big bags of kitty litter. Yeah, yeah. The 25 to 50-pound bags of kitty litter, you get two. You put one kind of over where each wheel is. In, in the, now, look, the Miata was never fast, neither is the FRS. But you don't need fast in the winter. You need traction. So, okay, you've added extra weight in the winter, but the thing is, if you actually get yourself a little bit stuck, kitty litter is a great way to get yourself some traction to get out. So it's double duty. I love that. So, and if your car springs a leak, if it's leaking oil, you can use the kitty litter to soak up the oil spill. <laughs> so you're doing double duty. I mean, Today on Everyday Driver, just... we're recommending uses for kitty litter. That's where, that, wow, we're just helpful. It keeps compounding. I, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yes, we should be sponsored by a kitty litter company. <laughs> Moving on. Fresh Everyday Driver Car Debate brought to you by Fresh Step. Okay. And, <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's really awful. People are like, huh? But, no, I, I actually I like the, I like the, um, 
I like the Miata idea. I also like, you mentioned in passing, the base Mini Cooper or the base Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, the Volkswagen Golf, they might give you one in the wake of what's going on <laughs> right now. A, but, a brand uh, new one. Please drive our car. Yeah, exactly. Please, Wouldn't oh, you please. really like to, for me to hand you a Golf? That's uh, But anyway, but, but, the, but the Volkswagen Golf or the Mini Cooper, uh, candidly, I think both of those are options. I think neither of them would be as reliable as a Miata. I just think the Miata's yeah. gonna run, and so is the Honda. I think the Volkswagen and the and the Mini, they might be great, and they might be money pits. And I would hate for your first car to be a money pit. And was, while we're talking money pits, I would put the the Z32 on that sliding scale more toward the Golf and the Mini Cooper, and I would put the Prelude of more the, toward the Miata. Of the money pit, you mean? Of uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be thing. more. I think it's gonna be more of a maintenance hog than the than the Mini would be, and also more than the Prelude or the CRZ. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you because especially at this price point, you're not going to want to pour a bunch of money into it. You're going to need to buy a kitty litter. So just budget for kitty yeah, litter. Clearly, you're gonna you're and, gonna invest um, in kitty litter. We need to get an everyday driver discount code. On. No, we don't. <laughs> no, no, we don't. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. That's awesome. Well, um, Mason, well, yeah, let's know how a that bit, goes. Mason, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Whatever you end up in, and and I'm curious for you to get something you're going to drive all winter. Definitely chase good tires, and I will be doing the same here shortly. Uh, I think I had my last fast run in the FRS this weekend on the Pilot Super Sports, and just thought, "Hmm, did you? Okay, I'm about to get something else." Yeah, I just I, it was it was perfect. It was like 60 degrees, but like today it was 40, and I thought, "Yeah, oh. yeah, that that you're starting to to push it at that point." I'm gonna Photoshop yeah. a picture of a snowplow on the front of your FRS, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna post well, that. Well, I hate to I hate to say it, but the front of the FRS looks an awful lot like a snow shovel to begin with. So <laughs> I may be already, I may be. I may be plowing and not intending to. We will see here shortly. Honey, I'm going to go plow the driveway by just driving around. All right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I may do a couple passes in the morning. I'll do a pass in the Cayenne to cut grooves off the driveway. And then, all right, I'm going out the FRS. Wish me luck. We'll see. <laughs> Wish me luck. It's snowing. Ah! Anyway. That's hilarious. Well, guys, uh, thank you well, so thank much for listening and watching as always. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of content. As Todd said, this week is the FRS versus the 2016 MX-5. So that is uh, yep. really, really interesting. We've got a lot of commentary on that. And uh, so please watch that. Please take that in and leave your comments. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast and uh, follow us on all the usual suspects. For any URL ending with slash everyday driver, that is where you can find us. Please uh, please make a note of that and uh, write to us at TV. At Gmail for any uh, any car debates. And obviously, we are doing videos. We continue to do videos. We started doing videos. That is our point. So please don't forget, we welcome your ratings and your reviews and your comments and shares on the videos themselves. It's not just for the podcast, folks. You can do that to the videos. The crazy thing about YouTube. And uh, we are not part of, uh, of people. You know, YouTube's doing that weird thing. They're changing to red where you can have your monthly fee. I have no idea how that's going to shake out in oh, our world. Oh, yeah, right. But in, the, but in the interim, if you're watching, we would really appreciate it if you would turn off your ad blockers and help us out a little bit when you're watching our YouTube videos and definitely share them with friends. We appreciate that as well. Uh, tons more coming, including our feature film coming up soon. And uh, and I will mention again, we talked about at the top of the podcast, I'd love to hear from 12 of you. I mean, more. 230 of you is great. But at least 12 <laughs> of you for the T-shirt thing, and then we will actually pursue that world. Awesome. I forgot to add one last thing, and that is please start thinking about donating blood to Todd so at the end of the edit for the Germany film, he's going to be able to recover <laughs> properly because, again, he, we're, we're going to wear him out, folks. So, um, yeah, just think about uh, sending your blood. at. Um, That's frightening. Yes. Anyway, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Talk soon.